Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war Welcome to Nurse News Analysis with Nurse Michelle, Jody, and Kimberly. Today, we're going to be talking about what's happening around our country and around the world and giving you the nurse's perspective on what's going on. But before we get started today, I wanted to encourage our listeners, if you have questions or comments, or perhaps you want to share from your own experiences with what you're seeing on the front lines of healthcare, or you have questions for the nurses, send us an email directly to nurses at americaoutloud.com. We will be featuring your questions and comments every Tuesday on a special Q&A episode with the nurses. We encourage all of you to engage in the battle and find your voice in this fight. But until you are able to do that, we will continue to do that, be that voice for you. And welcome, ladies. Let's um, chat about what's going on around the country. Thank you, Michelle. Yes, let's do it. Yeah, some shocking thing is going on in Massachusetts. Apparently, uh, Milford, your home state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm from Boston. Yeah. Oh yeah, Milford Regional Medical Center. Um, it has an inclusive new rule for all of their staff and the patients that there's terminology and um, verbiage that they are not going to be allowing. And I have a clip from the news addressing this. And I thought I'd play that for the audience for them to hear what is actually going on. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. A Massachusetts hospital is now warning patients that if they don't follow its rules for a quote, an inclusive environment, they may not get care. The offenses range from discriminatory speech to quote, unwelcome words and bad body language. Watch. Milford Regional Medical Center is committed to providing exceptional healthcare services to our community with dignity, compassion, and respect. Everyone should expect a safe, caring, and inclusive environment in all our spaces. Our patient and visitor code of conduct helps us meet this goal. Words or actions that are disrespectful, racist, discriminatory, hostile, or harassing are not welcome and will not be tolerated. Examples of these include offensive comments about others' race, ethnicity, accent, religion, gender, sexual orientation, or other personal traits, refusal to see a clinician or other staff member based on these personal traits. Please recognize that body language and tone of voice are also important parts of communication. If we believe you have violated our code with unwelcome words or actions, you will be given a chance to explain your point of view. Link if you're in there, Dr. Peter. <laughs> that is crazy. Your tone of voice, like the Northerners are screwed. Like we are screwed. <laughs> because I'm really, screwed. My yes, whole face shows how I feel. Yes. Yeah, it makes you think 
okay, does it's like the medical facilities are coming up with an idea, like a wonderful parent who had a great plan on December 31st for how they were going to parent differently for the year. And they're going to say, now, every time you have this particular offense, you're going to get this new consequence. And I'm sure it's going to correct every problem my child has. <laughs> you know, I, and I think it's it sounds really nice in theory, but like who decides what's offensive, right? I mean, I've seen, you know, I've seen... Um, a lot of a lot of things in the hospital setting where I've seen um, patients who were making racist comments to like a nurse, uh, like an African American nurse that was caring for them, and they were they were blatantly racist, and and you know, and I watched that nurse care for that patient just the same as they would anybody else, and it's yeah. horrible, and we shouldn't have to be subjected to that um, type of thing, and I and I completely understand the. The, the the overall tone of what they're saying but again who who decides you know now we're talking about tone of voice and we're talking about things that may or may not be offensive um and it, it, it just and there it should be the golden rule right we should just be kind to one another and be respectful i think that's important but when we start like are they going to say if i misgender somebody or you know if i'm talking to a man and and they want me to call them a boy, i mean is that deemed offensive or is that are we just like me living in reality i don't know i mean jody's in the er right now jody knows that that people come in the er uh completely wigged out on drugs Anything could possibly be happening and they're not even acting in their own right mind. They wouldn't probably say some of the things they're saying in the ER just yeah. because they wouldn't be normally wigged out on something. Well, and just so in I general, am. people are very stressed out. These are stressful situations when you're in the hospital, yeah. um, especially now with the, the state of healthcare. Everybody's on edge when they're in uh, in the hospital because, unfortunately, they will kill you there. So people are a little, you know, I mean, it's true. I mean, it's true. But people are a little bit on edge and, and rightly so. So I think it's it's just that you're making an impossible decision um, to say that we're not going to care for you. I mean, and, and it could be a very uh, illegal decision. We're going to turn somebody away from the emergency room. That what about Amtala? Right. Well, there's what, no it, way that that can happen. I mean, no. first of all, I, that's what I was going to ask you for, Michelle. More context. Are they saying that this is directed to the patients or yes. this is to the staff? Yes, it actually goes on to say, and you can actually go to uh, Milford Regional Medical Center's website where they actually articulate that we reserve the right to actually deny you medical care and send you elsewhere for care. So let's just say that whoever took that patient in and they think it's not a uh, appendicitis and you send somebody out to go somewhere else because they had a bad attitude and on the route there, their appendix actually ruptures because somebody misdiagnosed them. You're talking about litigation like crazy that could come yeah. from that. Well, like Kimberly said, there's something called uh, MTALA and um, violating MTALA is uh, extremely detrimental to the hospital, not only with fines, but with lawsuits and and it can open them up. I mean, we can't even we have to get a set of vital signs on a child or on anybody before they leave the, the emergency room just to make sure that even if we just sutured up a finger, right? If we just even sutured up a finger that their blood pressure and everything was fine before they left us because we could be open to, um, to, you know, to litigation or something. So here's that second of all, this would never hold up in court in first amendment, constitution like we can say whatever we want i mean healthcare workers 
get abused physically. I mean, yes. you know what I'm saying? Like all you can't, you'd be hard pressed to meet a nurse that was not ever physically assaulted and verbally assaulted. I mean, hands down, every single nurse has been verbally assaulted. And so to say that we're like, we're not going to provide care if you run your mouth. I mean, you know, now can we kick out a family member from the bedside? Absolutely. Absolutely. We could do that. But to misgender someone and, and, you know, I mean, I had a nurse that was in triage and she was dropping off a patient to a room. And as she brought the patient, dropped him off to the room and came and came to the nurse's station and the doctors and let us know what she was putting in there. She's like, Oh my God, how did, how are we ever going to survive as humans? I just put in a 22 year old girl that is nine weeks pregnant and has vomited. And she called her doctor and said that she was vomiting. And the doctor said, go to the ER. And you know what I'm saying? Like people, they're judgmental. There's, there's a lot going on about that. And yeah, that's not, and and it goes back to that, like the perception, the perception, we cannot be responsible for people's perceptions, only our intentions. Right. And I learned that a really long time ago and perception is not reality. So just because I say something and you perceive it a certain way, that, that doesn't mean that was, that was the intent behind it. So it's just, it's too um, broad. It's too broad of a brush that we'd be painting with. And, yeah. and listen, I've, I've had to care as a nurse. I've had to care for patients. I've had to care for child molesters. Do you think I wanted to care for that child molester? No. Even inmates who were in for murder chained to their beds. Yes, yes I've had to care for murderers. Absolutely. They come in, they right. have their shackled, right? They have a, a, a prison guard with them at the bedside and they are shackled. And I've had to care for these patients. And I, ca- I gave them the same care that I would give anybody else. That's what we do. We are nurses. And that's what that's, that's what we do. Yeah. First motto of the medical profession is first do no harm. So to make it about, um, I'm not going to allow you to not like the color of my skin. I'm not going to allow you to like that. I came in with blue hair and you, you think that maybe I am somebody who's transgender for whatever reason. And you, you want to judge me as a medical professional, but because of my orientation, and now I'm going to have the right to deny you medical care is the opposite. I mean, it would be the epitome of the failing medical system if we did resort, if they literally do resort to this. Yeah. I mean, it's the antithesis of everything that we stand for. Yeah. You know, here's something that you guys might find very interesting on. uh, We just got a brand new software that we had to learn a charting system. And um, in our triage note, Okay. The, the questions that we ask every single person, um, no matter if they're a hundred or 10, right. Um, or their family, uh, under general information code status, you know, do you want to be a DNR? Do you want to be limited? Do you want to be a full code advanced directive? Do you have a medical power of attorney? What, what is their language preference? Do they need an interpreter? Are they undergoing gender reassignment? What? What? 
Like, like there is, like, is it that common that we need to have that on our actual assessment? Like that would be like a note, like someplace you would fill in a note under other or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> or put it in the surgical history or to, for, to make it a question, it just speaks volumes about where we're, where we're going in this country and how this agenda is really being pushed uh, for us to just make th this is normal. It's not yep. normal. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what they're doing. They're pushing it for it to be normal. And then there's something behind it, right? What is it behind whoever was the one who did this informatics on, on creating this charting system that they were told to put in gender reassignment? You know, it's the same when we go to the body systems, right? Under, uh, um, under uh, GI, yeah, it's highly highlighted C. diff under, you know, skin, um, MRSA and, and, and then under respiratory COVID and, and there's a, several other different ones. And I'm like, you know, and you have a variety of different, um, comorbidities that you could select from, but I was like, wait a second, why are these highlighted in red? Why, why, why are these highlighted in red? What are they doing with that data? And why are we collecting that data? You know what I'm saying? Makes well, you just we're not, well, we know for sure. I've got a daughter out there working and you're the, in there, Jody, too. On the inside, they're not even making sure to collect. Not only did you get the COVID-19 vaccine, when did you get it? And what kind did you get? No, right. they just asked if you got it and how many boosters. Yeah, it's like when you got it does matter because we wouldn't need a vaccine reporting system if it didn't matter when you got it, because we would like, if you were to go to the website for the CDC in my daughter's lawsuit, it, it just so happens that if you have anaphylaxis more than um, 14 days out or more than four, I'm sorry, more than 72 hours post vaccine, it doesn't count. And all you have to do is go to the immunological association's website to find out that the most dangerous form of anaphylaxis happens to be in our family which is you would not know for two weeks by chest pain, inflammation in the arteries and things like that. It is it's the most lethal form of anaphylaxis because it's very low, slow and it takes like a week or two for the hives to show up. And by the time it's doing it two weeks out, if you're having hives two weeks after a bee sting or an ant bite or something like that, you have one serious kind of anaphylaxis going on and your heart's very likely involved. But if you aren't familiar with the CDC's website on CDC, on vaccine reactions that would be normal to expect, which we know the medical community is not, they see no reason why they should be asking when you got your last COVID vaccine. Yeah. So it's bizarre that we're even having these kind of conversations. You want to, you have to wonder you're from Massachusetts, like you said, Kimberly, that's very near Harvard. I mean, we think of it, uh, it's definitely a blue yeah. state, right? Oh, oh, yes. a, blue college, a blue college, a liberal college um, that has definitely got its own issues going on when it comes to politics. But here we are, it's not Harvard doing it, but it's in that state. And this kind of agenda is coming out in a public forum to the point that it's making it to mainstream news that mainstream news thinks it's worth talking about, tells you that there is such a need to be virtue signaling from the medical community. It's that DEI. It's that, uh, you know, what, um, why don't you explain what that is for everybody? Diversity, so equity, equity, and inclusion. inclusion. And it's everywhere. It's everywhere now. It is creeping into every aspect of society. And it's really, um, 
it's these DEI hires. If we look at, I was just looking, reading an article about this uh, on the aviation industry for pilots. So they are doing DEI hires. So they're hiring people based on trying to fill a quota. So they're they're um, hiring less qualified pilots because they are of a certain race, a certain ethnicity, or a certain gender versus um, hiring a more qualified. And, and that, that should be frightening to all of us, just saying. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it should I always mean, be about I who's the most qualified. I wouldn't be opposed at all to having, you know, say you have a certain set of applicants and they all meet this basic criteria right. and then they tear them up and they meet this criteria and then they go to the A tier and they meet this criteria from the, that, those base of applicants looking at the diversity in your workplace and saying, you know what, maybe we should give it to Patel, right? Because we already have a lot of Murphys, you know, I mean, I that makes sense because they're on the same tier, right? They're on the same tier. And I, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that because then it's just like, you know, it could be the same thing if we were all the same race. One of us is going to get the job and one of us isn't, right? So right. great. Give it to, to, you know, to meet your diversity quota. But you have to be hiring the most, or you should be hiring the most qualified person for the job, especially in something like that. My right. dad actually um, retired from public school education in 1999. And at that time, for about 20 years leading up to it, he was required as a white male teacher to stay inside of a um, 90% uh, black, edu- you know, black educators, black students because of even diversity, even way back then. And, and for those that are younger, that seems like a long time ago, but my dad was not, he wanted to move out of that area and move to another school that had less crime. And on the last year that he actually gra- um, retired, his other white male teacher that was retiring that year as well was murdered by a student. And uh, they wanted to move out of that county because the crime rate was so bad within that uh, county. But his he's counting on his retirement pension, wanting to make sure he gets his retirement pension. And they won't let him move to another county because they need the quota of a white male teacher. Obviously, they also required him to be the one that predominantly uh, broke up the fights in those settings as well, because, and he said, honestly, it was um, the female students that were the most dangerous students at that time. Right. Um, so it was, he said it was almost impossible to control the level of um, crime that was going on in 1999 before things went cray cray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's not, that's not right either. You know, you can't force people to, to be, I mean, unless you're paying them, you know, extra money to be in these areas, you know, like hazard pay, mm-hmm. so to speak, mm-hmm. um, you know, then that's different, but then you're going to attract other people that want to be there, you know, but forcing him to stay there. I, I have a lot of friends that are in the fire department and the police department in Chicago. And, you know, some of them love the high crime areas, but others, they put their time in and they move out and they, and they move on. Same with teachers in the public schools, you know, they, they put in their dues. And then when people retire, then they move to the nicer neighborhoods and, 
and they teach, you know, uh, to be forced is, is not appropriate or right. correct. Right. Yeah. Those of us in the homeschool community definitely love tapping into risk retired teachers who for all those years they had suffered through the public school oh. and when they finally get to tap in and come teach at a homeschool co-op or something like that. They are, they're like, these kids actually want to learn and their parents whoop up on them if they don't act up, if they act up. So they weren't used to that at all. But I was hoping I would find something from Flecka's. If I find it before the show's out, I'll play it because it definitely relates to this topic. And Flecka's, F-L-E-C-C-A-S, is a show that does a weekend review and they look at all that's happened in the culture over just that week. And one of the things that they played was a black um physician who's coming on saying that she's being discriminated against because um, when she walks into the room, people presume she's either the, the orderly, the nurse arrest anything, but the doctor, because she feels like she's minimized as a black woman, not being valued as the potential doctor. So perhaps that does happen. I, I find it hard to believe that that's a really systemic problem because I mean, we're just in such a day and age that when anybody walks in, just recently being a hospital patient, anybody who walked in the room, I assume they were some kind of authority of some kind. If they didn't have a broom in their hand, I certainly didn't think they were an orderly, no matter what color they were. True. And and they have us all color coded in the hospital. That's pretty much nationwide. You know, um, doctors wear a white coat. Nurses wear uh, navy blue scrubs. You know, respiratory is usually maroon. Um, that that's what you usually see. So, I mean, yeah. I I don't know. But does the does the does the average patient know that? I mean, we know that. But does the average patient they they take anybody in scrubs and they think that they're they're a nurse or, you know, somebody yeah. of, of some kind of authority? But I don't know that that's necessarily uh, like a racial thing because I've seen that happen to um, female physicians. You know, regardless of their race, that they they um, were oftentimes mistaken for a nurse, and the male nurses are always mis- uh, they they think that they're the doctor when they would go in the room. So, right. so I think it's more of a gender thing than it is a racial thing. Well, just to make everybody feel good about it, we just got a new kitten in the house, and we have a dog that's a female in the family, and a new cat. The cat is the male, and the dog is the female. And all of us want to gender the cat as a female, and we want to refer to the dog as a male. So apparently dominance and size and things like that are just natural for humans to think the bigger one must be the male. Yeah, true. It's probably true. Yeah, yeah that's true. So and there's know, nothing wrong with it. It's I mean, that's human nature, right? Exactly. Yeah. Before we break, um, real quickly, I'll just say that you may have seen, uh, I'll put a link in the show notes. I think I'm going to do my best to pronounce it. It is the Iskatemka River in Russia has been, uh, has taken on a disturbing beetroot red hue. The incident has raised concerns among local residents who report not only a drastic change in the river's color, but also a visible impact on the wildlife in the region. And Russia, uh, uh, this river turned red after some investigation, apparently. It's because of a metallurgical waste product that actually is coming down in the river system. Apparently, the very word nickel, um, a a place in Russia called N-O-R-I-L-S-I-K, nickel, is where the largest producer of nickel actually is. And when they do disperse the waste into the waterways, which they're apparently not supposed to do, 
it apparently does turn it red. And the imagery is quite profound because everything's white with snow right now in Russia. So you have this white river with this appearance of blood literally going through the entire thing. Did y'all see the videos? No, I saw some pictures. I didn't see the video of it. I think I saw some pictures that you shared with us this week, but remember the movie Aaron Brockovich? Yes. It's really shocking to hear that no matter what, that as much as all of us need to get water supply sources that clean, that we can clean all of our water because it is evident that the, the powers that be are not protecting our water supply. When you think about what happened up in Ohio, it's easy to forget that that was just less than a year ago. And that water was the Ohio River. My sister lives very close to the Ohio River. You know, what, what's impacting everybody for, since that happened? So I, we, I think there's some authorities already on this show. Not our show hasn't dealt with water options available for the public. But I know that Dr. Artis and his crew have made a focus on letting people know that we need to get something in our home that we put our water through and clean our water because we all need at least half our body weight in water every day anyways. Yeah. And it doesn't appear that even Aaron Brockovich was years ago and still in the world, this kind of stuff is happening. And I'm not sure if it was Kimberly that brought it up recently. There was, some, or maybe it was Dr. Um, Urso that said it to us that something about a river, a, a poison that was buried at the top of a mountain took decades to get down to the foot of the mountain. And all these children had all these medical issues. And it would be decades later after this company had buried these poison and it had that long of a time to, to leach into the water system and harm children. I don't remember the state. I'm not sure if you remember, Kimberly, the story, what I'm talking about here. Mm -mm, I don't even remember this. So I don't, I don't know if I was on that call. Okay. Well, before we go for the break, don't forget to check out our online store at americaoutloud.shop where you can find all the products that we represent on our network at a discounted rate, including ASEA Redox Energy Mind and Mood Powdered Dietary Supplement Performance Packs. The variety pack included about 10 each of the three following things. You can get citrus-flavored Redox Energy um, and that particular one provides sustained cellular energy. Carry a dose of it and you can do anything. There is a berry flavored redox mind and it provides sustained cellular cognitive performance, sharp mind, full life. And you can also get the tropical flavored redox mood for sustained cellular calmness and mood. Because when you feel strong, you are strong. You can purchase them separately as well if there is just one that you want to add to your wellness plan. Use the promo code out loud to save 15% off your purchase. I'll catch you on the other side of this break. Stay with us. It's time and this is World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness.
This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flu, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. Well, the year 2024 is upon us, and it is our chance to get it right and take back a free America. AmericaOutloud.news is your source for uncensored, and factual news that facilitates truth and unity among all Americans to restore that American dream we have always cherished. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to Nurses Out Loud, Nurse News Analysis with Nurse Jody, Kimberly, and Michelle. We're going to pick right back up where we left off, and I wanted to bring to y'all's attention uh, something that an Arizona Democrat who's running to unseat Senator Kristen Sinema in 2022 told a Marine officer who opposed the vaccine to shut the F up and get the jab. It's called being a Marine, suck it up and deal with it, Gallego said, a former Marine infantryman, he said on Twitter. Um, Gallego did more than just talk tough on social media. He introduced a bill in October 2021 to permit insurance companies to hike insurance premiums up to 50% for policyholders who elected not to receive the COVID-19 vaccine, And early in the pandemic, Gallego pushed fines for businesses that opposed mass mandates. And he said that gets you to about 90% of the problem and will turn the infection rate around, he said, in June of 2020. 
Gallego's support for those increasingly unpopular positions could hurt him in Arizona, though support for mandates was initially high by October of 2022, 63% of Americans opposed them for the workplace, according to to a Monmouth poll. And even some Democrats have expressed disenchantment with the party over policies to slow the pandemic. So I, Jody, you're in Arizona. Have y'all gotten some traction on this topic? I mean, it's been a big heated topic, right? You know, we have a lot of our Democrats here that are, you know, for the mandates, for the lockdowns, for the social distancing, for open borders, you know, um, they're just wrong. They're, they're wrong and they, and they can't, there's no way to make their position be any more, you know, um, wrong for lack of a better term, um, uh, because they have no science behind any of it. They, it's all pure emotion. You know, they're all just, they succumb to the fear and so now they're, they have that cognitive dissonance and they just promote it. And it's like, are you kidding me? Three years have gone by guys like that. None of this stuff works. I mean, Fauci even came out and said that he made up the circles, you know, and it's like, you know, my son was asking me the other day because my sister told me about that. Did you know Fauci just made that up? And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah I did. And then Benjamin said, you know, a 14 year old, I wonder if he has stock in the plastic that people put on um, the circles. And I was like, exactly. You know what I mean? He's a smart kid. Yeah. Yeah. I always feel like I need to comment if I still see stickers on the ground asking why are those still here? I try to video them for content just to just to validate that this did happen. And as much as we want people want to believe that this is behind us. The evidences of it are everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, think about how much time and money went into that, how much money went into plexiglass. Like, I wonder if Fauci owns stock in, in, you know, the plexiglass. Don't we all wish we did. Or the ventilators. How many, how many ventilators did they, did they produce? During the pandemic, I mean, you know, I think they I can't remember the exact number, but uh, they they manufactured a whole slew of ventilators during that time. But you're right. There was all of these things and they seemed like they were up and ready to go pretty, pretty quickly with these circles and, uh, you know, one way arrows on the grocery store. Um, So it seemed like it was pretty well planned out. You probably knew what kind of person you were when those arrows showed up in Walmart and it told you you could only walk down this aisle this way. I purposely went the wrong way. Oh my word. I am. I'm not following that arrow. (laughs) Did you follow it or did you go the opposite way, Michelle? Absolutely not. And my kid, you know, my kids that you're trying to teach to do the right thing, right. Would be with me. And I'm like, this is absurd. There is no science for this. We are not doing this. Right. And uh, we just had to not comply because of the absurdity of it. Yeah. it was- That's my favorite thing that came up. My favorite absurdity. If I had to pick up an, an absurdity uh, from COVID clown world, that is my favorite. That would be it. That would be it. That would be it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other point that it brings up is about the military, because he goes on to say it's called being a Marine, suck it up and deal with it as if American young men and women who sign up to serve their country have no autonomous rights to themselves, like as if they do give up their entire autonomy. And we do know, I mean, I've interviewed some people on my show that were the Amer, the Coast Guard, 
And they have revealed that I think it was 2000 just in the Coast Guard that walked away and their positions were not filled because people did not want to do it. And the ones that did, they watched them have myocarditis. They watched them have heart attacks. They watched the people who felt like they were they were bullied and pressured into doing it. They saw them immediately have severe, life-lasting, career-ending medical complications, whereas the ones who walked away from their job and lost their pension, even if they were six months from their pension, they lost their pension. The federal government now has been found in federal court that they were unconstitutional in taking those from the military, and they've had to not only give them back what they took away, but reinstate them. Yeah. So the ones who said no at, at least have their health and their jobs back, but the ones who said yes are now among the injured. Right. Right. You have we have a lot of injured people, like morally, physically, spiritually, in in all of these frontline you know, health uh, heroes status, right? Our military, you know, our cops, our firemen, our nurses. Um, and and I think that it is very scary prospect to think that these are the men and women that we're training up in these fields to follow orders. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like my son, he is a Chicago um, police officer and I've known him since he was seven and he was recently in town and I hadn't talked to him in years. And I asked him, you know, how, how are you guys handling all of the migrants at the, at the, um, uh, the police uh, station. And he said, yeah, it, it became an issue. It became an issue because then when they saw us, they would, uh, be talking to us about how we're treating them bad. And, and you guys wanted us to come here and we have no place to stay and we're hungry. And he said, so my, um, my sergeant said for us to start going through the back door. And I said, okay, I hear you, but how is that a solution? I said, how do you guys feel about going in and seeing this, having to step over people, you know? And, and he's, and he said, oh, well, yeah, like it shouldn't be. And I go, no, 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 it's not that it shouldn't be like, why is it happening? And why are you allowing this to continue to happen? And he's like, oh, and I said, don't you guys talk? Like, don't you step up and say, you know, we can't have these people being sheltered in our, in our police station, you know? And he's like, oh Yeah. And I'm like, you guys need to step up. Makes you you know what I'm saying? But that's what I'm talking about. Like, I wasn't that aggressive with him because I was trying to like, just get him to see where I was coming from. But the fact is, is that all of these people, like, you know, these Chicagoans, these Bostonians, New York City people, you know, the people that have the grit and the street smarts and stuff that you would expect- they're right to speak up and say something or not. And wow. That's the one thing I couldn't believe. If you go back to the the mandates in 2021 in New York city, where you would expect New Yorkers to be like, Oh no, (laughs) you know, we're we're dying and stand up and and they didn't, they cowered. And I could, and I think that again goes to show you how much fear 
can really play as a proponent in, in pushing all of this uh, propaganda. The fear is what really shut these people down who would otherwise be the first ones to take a stand against something like this. I'm kind of a rebel by nature. Um, so if you tell me the harder you push for me to do something, the more I'm going to be like, absolutely not. But I was surprised that more people, like you said, New York, Chicago, Boston, where we're kind of known for that sort of thing, um, weren't stepping up in any great number. No. It makes Very you wonder enough. about the, are, is human nature more prone to want to gossip and mutter behind closed doors that you, that this person, everybody's complaining to each other, mumble, grumble, mumble, grumble. But nobody's willing to say, what are we going to do about it? That's what Jody's saying to them is, mm -hmm. you know, you may be in your workplace and there may be oppressive rules still being opposed, pressed upon you. And the question is, is who's going to take the action to go to the people in authority and actually say something? When, when I had that doctor discharge me from the hospital in Maine, she said to me behind her uh, mask, her N95 mask, all kinds of very important medical information about me. And she had an accent and I could, I would have had a hard time hearing her even without the mask. And I said, I really need you to take off that mask because you, I can't hear you. And she says, well, you know, if you want a paycheck, you follow the policies and the policies say I have to keep my mask on. And I said, wow. here you are a brilliant, very likely, very high IQ um, hematologist, all it actually takes is me giving you the 170 studies that show that it's doing more harm and it's ineffective and you taking it to the authorities that are making the policies and show them that it's harming you and harming the other staff and speaking up. And maybe you would actually be able to be understandable to the patients who are ne who depend on being able to hear you. But until you do that, and actually, as I said it, you could see that it wasn't something she was acquainted with being confronted on. That who are you, little patient girl, you know, saying to me this? But it checked her, and I hope that it made her think because ultimately, it's going to take somebody who actually says something to make change happen in the workplace, in the military, wherever it needs to be. We do need everybody out there listening, you know, to get your bravery on and yeah. make the difference in your community because it, each of us, it's going to take each of us to do something to make the change. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I would think that, you know, even saying to her something or saying for people to tell their doctors this, say, isn't it more important for you, for me to understand the education that I'm receiving than for you to follow policy. I mean, we have to document, you know, and so do doctors. Patient understood. No, but, but are they understanding? What was their level of understanding? Were they ready for information? We have to document that on every single patient. So essentially, she'd rather forge her documentation, right, than yeah. to, you know, make you feel like you understood what was going on. But you know exactly. what? I bet if we pulled Michelle's records, it would say patient verbalized understanding. I bet yeah. you, and I bet I you patient like, verbalized understanding. I would actually need to get those records out of that hospital and see just what they did write about me. Cause I was definitely a problem person there, you know, because they, that's where they tried to mask me and all that. I'd love to see what they put in those nurses notes. <laughs> oh my gosh, girl. I'm surprised you haven't ordered those records. Right? Oh, it's just the recovery process, you know, that I've been, yeah, right. <laughs> but, um, what did you just prompt me to think about that, that 
that um, not only that these doctors are not showing their own bravery, that they they have to show that we have understanding. But uh, my son-in-law just had a axed off the tip of his thumb just this week and had to go in the ER. And it dawned on me after doing the nurse news analysis with Kimberly last week, I said, let's make sure, because it was apparently a really inadequate sew up and he was not very confident with his doctor. I said, oh, ask and find out if it was a resident or not. (laughs) It was a resident. It was. That sewed him up. And this is not, he may have married a nurse, but he is anti-medical, anti-blood, anti all this whole community. It's like, it's so funny that he married my daughter that's so into all of it. And here he ends up in the ER having to be sewn up by a resident, no less. And apparently it was quite an unpleasant experience. Oh, I bet. You know, that kind of reminds me, I don't know how much, how much time do we have left here? About 12 more minutes. Okay. I want to tell you a little story. So I had this young girl come in um, with her mother and she had the tip of her finger bitten off by a dog where we could see bone. And then on the back of her um, upper arm was, she had two severe dog bites. So the two of them come in and they say that they were walking their dog uh, in their neighborhood when a dog that they had never seen before approached the dog and it looked like it was going to get aggressive. So she went down to pick up her dog and then, um, the other dog attacked her. Okay. Um, fine. Yeah. No problem. We were so busy that day that we couldn't put them in a room and they were in a hallway. Next thing I know the dad is there and the mom is not there. And the dad's not even looking at her. He looks pissed off. He is, um, yeah, he's just super mad and they're not talking. And I thought, well, what, why did her mom leave? Like, that's kind of weird. And why is he so mad at her? Like, she's obviously hurting, you know? And um, and then, you know, it goes by or whatever. And I see her walk around. Um, I catch her coming out of the bathroom right by my triage room. And something in me just said, ask her if she's okay. And I looked at her and I said, honey, is everything okay? And she looked at me and she goes, no, actually it's not. Can I come in here and talk to you? And I said, yes. So I brought her in the room and she's a young teenager. I brought her in my room. I shut the door and I said, what's going on? And she said, I lied to you and I'm sorry. I said, what, you know, what happened? And she said, actually, I snuck out of my house that lady that you saw was a woman that we, my dad and I are renting um, a room from in her house. So she is not my mother. We are just renting a room. That was her family dog. And when I came back home, I was cleaning up my room and doing stuff. And my dad came in and he started beating me and the dog attacked, attacked, right? Um, You know, that didn't mean to attack her, but the dog, you know, tried to break up the fight. So long story short, this girl is abused by her father. It's happened more than once. She said she's called the police. But the problem is, is that when the police have come out, including this day, they don't separate the two of them and question them independently. So Mm. she has never been able to tell what was happening in her home. And she wanted to protect the dog because she didn't want to get the dog to be put down and a whole nother thing. But 
this is the problem is like, we're not training. And I laid into the officer. I said, you need to pull them aside. They cannot be, you know, whenever you have the, uh, the, the time or the moment Well, you guys both know this as nurses, if you suspect something happening, you get a reason to get the patient out or the, the, or the, you know, spouse or family member, whoever it is. And you ask, and you address your concern with the, the person. Absolutely. Like, well, that's what we do. And we're not doing that. Unbelievable. That's really tragic. And her story isn't going to be easy because she's a minor getting mm-hmm. an option of a better living situation. That's really sad. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they did separate him. She did go to the children's hospital. Um, he was not allowed to be there. I don't know what happened with her, but I did have the opportunity to pray with her, asked her, if, you know, if she would like to be prayed with and, you know, and prayed together. And she said, yes. And, you know, oh, that's whatever precious. happens there, but yeah, it's crazy. We, we've lost the ethics, you know, in so many different um, facets of our life. It is so true. Well, um, moving on, I've got another news piece here. Um, you, you remember the famous current number one ranked tennis play, player, um, Djokovic, the journalist who tried to cancel Djokovic over not taking the COVID vaccine collapses and dies while covering the Australian Open. Djokovic was barred from the 2022 Australian Open over his refusal to get vaccinated, if we all recall, and it led to his detention and eventual deportation. He was heckled at matches over the matter. His 2023 season was something of a comeback year, not that he suffered any significant injuries, but because the world had returned to a resemblance of sanity post-pandemic. Djokovic has also played at an elite level, but one person known throughout the tennis world won't be able to write more about Djokovic, says the AP Press. Mike Dixon, the reporter who attacked him over his vaccination status, even going so far as to suggest his legacy could be impacted, he collapsed and died in Melbourne while covering the Australian Open. And Djokovic offered his condolences to the family, and uh, Dixon was only 59 years old. So it's saying out there from the family that the cause of death is unknown. No big surprise to us right now. We seem to be hearing this kind of thing on a regular basis. But, you know, sounds like a, um, I'm not sure what the right word is to say for a person who has been out there ragging on a superior athlete for choosing his bodily autonomy over a vaccine and has definitely paid off to do so. Now you see something like this going out in the public. And what a class act he was to offer his condolences to to the family after this guy really berated him over his choice to not vaccinate. So it just really, it shows what a class act he is as an athlete. And I absolutely loved, um, I don't know if you saw the video. I know Jody did because Jody posted it. Um, So he was, he was being heckled. Uh, at this, oh, I don't even know what the, what it was. And the open. The open. The, yeah. So he was being heckled. He was like, get vaccinated, mate, or whatever. And like, he goes on to serve an ace and wins the match uh, is his response to that. So, I mean, I, I just could not love this guy anymore. He's, he's absolutely amazing. I actually went to his website today and trying to find like a contact because I'm like, I want him on the show. 
I, yes. I want to interview him, but I couldn't find any way to connect. So maybe he listens to us. <laughs> I kind of right. doubt it. But if you're listening, we want you on the show. <laughs> Nurses at AmericaOutloud.com. <laughs> We would love to have you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's sad, you know, we don't ever want to see anybody right. you know, like, you know, die in such a manner. I believe that journalist was like 51 years old or something. He's got 59. a family. Yeah. 59. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 59. He's got kids. He's got a wife, you know, that that's sad that they're, you know, he's leaving them behind. Um, But, you know, I don't know. God works in mysterious ways. And, you know, I, I'm a firm belief that we will not pass away from this earth until, you know, he calls us home. And so, you know, there's a reason for all of that. And I don't know. I mean, I, I, I wish, I wish you guys so much that we would see these people that have suffered these industry, uh, uh, suffered these reactions. Uh, yeah. Or uh, this or the reactions that we've seen, like publicly on TV, you know, yeah. the, the newscasters, the athletes and um, and come out and really be a voice against it. Um, I know but, they literally stand to be the voice that could change the industry and bring the needed reforms that are necessary. And it makes you wonder, do they do they have no. Ch we know this man had children, but. And he can't speak for himself if he actually was vaccinated or not. But you have to presume that Dixon was vaccinated because of the way he harassed the athlete who wasn't. Uh, it says that he was 38 years, lived his dream, covering sports all over the world. In a quote, it says he was truly a great man and we will miss him terribly. It said also that at the open, we are devastated to announce that our wonderful, uh, this is the family saying, we are devastated to announce that our wonderful husband and dad, Mike, has collapsed and died while in Mel Melbourne for the Australian Open. That's what they wrote on X for after he, his passing. But during the actual event, it said that they were shocked. You know, the Open, the people hosting the Open were shocked and saddened to hear of the death of Dixon. And this is what's so amazing is at what point do we stop saying we're shocked at these sudden deaths that we are seeing become more and more common all over the country. So until, like you said, Jody, somebody starts saying this is not normal. We have a problem, Houston. Well, yeah, we're becoming so desensitized to to this, or normal because they're 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 absolutely normalizing it. And you know, just to kind of piggyback on what you said about young people that are are kind of dying unexpectedly. So I had posted this uh, last week. All my children, actor Alec Muser, dead at fifty. Fiance, the headline: Fiance suspects COVID contributed. He was vaxxed and boosted. The the wife or fiance said the words: He was vaxxed and boosted. And I posted that. It took a lot of heat for this post. Because the following day, it comes out that he died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Yet, the wife or, or fiancé, whatever it was, the, the day before said that he had been suffering and, and felt that COVID contributed. And I left my post up because we cannot ignore the fact that we have seen new onset suicidal ideation among the vaccinated. So it's still a very valid concern. You know, if this is somebody that didn't suffer from mental health issues, didn't have anything kind of going on, had this, what the, you know, she's talking about COVID, 
Um, he, we know he was vaccine boosted. So did that play a role? And I think that it's absolutely a valid concern. And so I, I refused to take the post down. I took a lot of heat. People telling me I was disgusting to, to post that. I said, listen, I'm going by his own wife's words. Well, I mean, he was I, boosted. I think COVID, you know, um, contributed to his death. And I think that that is potentially uh, absolutely could have been a contributing factor. The fact that he was vaccinated because we have, again, seen a lot of a new onset suicidal ideation and, and depression and anxiety uh, post-vaccination. So, And this is a medical um, platform that we have here. This is Nurses Out Loud. So those of you that are out there listening with medical knowledge, there is this thing called mechanism of action. And any injury that ever happens with, let's say, a COVID vaccine or any childhood vaccine, because yes, childhood vaccines do have injuries, have to be proven in court with the mechanism of action for which the vaccine went from the arm into the neurological system, crossed the blood-brain barrier, and caused, yes, encephalitis. And we know that encephalitis does have uh, components to it that do involve, like Kimberly mentioned, mental health issues, uh, alterations of state, anybody that has epilepsy, seizures. And we know that people who are epileptic have more prone uh, propensities toward depression. And if it's um, epilepsy secondary to a vaccine injury, we can make the causal association that Kimberly just made. It is not a jump or just her opinion for her to say that. It is actually a medical fact that medications cross blood-brain barriers and alter people's thinking and medical status. Right, right. And we know that this shot doesn't stay in the arm. That's well-established. Well right, established. we we know that it's bioavailable. It goes and everywhere. In autopsies. Exactly. Every single body system, they have found it, the spike protein. So, you know, that's fact. Yeah. You don't like it, but it's still fact. It is. And that's medical to say that. So I guess we're going to have to make it a wrap right there on that simple medical fact right there for everybody to ponder. We'll leave there. And thanks for coming here and reviewing the news, ladies. Absolutely. Thank you, Michelle. Until, Until next week. It's time and this is what